is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 31st, 2019, season 15, episode number seven. You want to share what's yeah, You want to share something with the yeah, whole class? Go to cover four. I, I do. It was actually something I just noticed on Twitter, on the Cover 4 account, where uh, one of our producers, Caden Gates. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Decided that he was going to dress up as our own Dave Hellman. It's pretty good, right? He nailed, he nailed it. it. The way he walks in with the like the head lean, like what up? What like, do you want? Oh yeah, that was it. Was so the beard. So Dave the Hellman. beard was a little too long, but I mean, he probably bought it at Target. So yeah, no. beggars can't be choosers. It's so it's it was so great. great. He did a great I mean, he job. Could have done the eyebrow. He, oh, he did. Yeah. He did. There's video of him doing the eyebrow rub. Nice. He, no, he it's really it. good. Really good work. If you got, if you haven't seen it, go check out Cover Four. Shout on out Twitter. Katie. You'll see the the video. I think Taylor retweeted. Is it Is anybody well. jumping out or anything? We doing that? No. No, I was trying to think of something, anything that I could come up with for Halloween that we could do. And me and Nick were talking about it last night, and we came away with basically Amber's going to be unaffected by it. And Dave, we really don't feel like it's a good idea to do this to him again after. The almost heart attack you had like last it. time. I didn't like it. So we were because I was thinking, can we have somebody like back there that if we got you to turn around would just completely freak you out? But I couldn't think of anything. I think you really turn good. around and see yourself in the reflection. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm pretty. So. I'm a pretty chill guy, but I don't like when stuff pops up in my face. It's yeah. not a good feeling. Yeah. If you if you missed that, what was that? Was that last year or year before? I think it was two years, two years ago. ago. Two years ago, we had Shannon jump out at from under here at. Dave. Of course, we have Talking Cowboys sitting there, so he would be there the whole time listening to Mickey and Brian. I think it was Kelsey Charles. Somebody was asking me the other day, like, let's go to a haunted house. I was like, absolutely not. Why would I pay somebody to do that? It's the worst. Are you just scary like that? Like, you just don't like... I just don't like stuff popping out at me. It's not... I don't know. I don't like the way that feels. No, thank you. Happy happy Halloween. Well, we're not doing that to you today, so... Thank you. So we'll have a good show You better watch out, though. Uh It's been two years, but I still haven't forgotten... I, well, I, you didn't I even. You weren't revenge. even scared. I wasn't, so. but she was just offended. for the sake of getting she back was offended. to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did have that look, kind of like, "What's this? Like, I'm not. This doesn't." Like, how phase old are me. you? Like, how old is Shannon to be <laughs> hiding underneath the desk? Sorry, mom. Too old. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Uh, we got a couple things we want to hit today. Uh, Nick's going to tell us a little bit about his New York Giant storylines for the That's week, right. and uh, we're going to have Dave get into this New York Giant defense. Tell us about that defense. I know we, we talked about the offense yesterday. Seems like they're all world. So let's tell, talk about the defense, defense a little bit um, and figure out how they are as bad as they, they are were, as a team. I didn't say they were all world. Uh, let's start first with those storylines, though, Nick. Walk us through some of the storylines this week for the New York Giants. All right. Well, the Giants are going to – they're bringing in Leonard Williams. He just moves from one locker Lenny. room to the other from mm-hmm. the Jets. He's uh, – we'll talk about how he fits into that defense. But, you know, they – they kind of had one way to go. You know, it's kind of like baseball now with the trade deadline. You decide: Are you going to go in, or are you going to do nothing, or are you going to go backwards? And you know, the Giants. And there's another point that I had: They had three names on there that people were talking about maybe trading for: Alec Ogletree, their linebacker; Nate Solder as a tackle, and uh, missing another guy um, that they. Oh, uh, Janoris Jenkins. They decided not to do anything there. 
And then they went the other way and got Leonard Williams. So they're not giving up on the season. They're two and six, but they're not giving up on trying to win and get better. And I they think they went out. Yeah, true. And they got hot last year, if you remember, or, yeah. or warmer. Well, they got warmer yeah. uh, last year. So the fact they made a move and didn't make a move, those are a couple things there. Obviously, this team looks different. You know, which are, are, I don't want to cut you no, off. Go ahead. I just they asked me about that on the radio today. They're like, well, the Giants. The Giants stood pad and they added Leonard Williams. Like it, it doesn't seem like they're giving up on the season. And I was like, well, even if they, even if they don't think they're going anywhere this year, like I don't think this team is that far away from being good. Right? I agree. Like assuming Daniel Jones is good, which is obviously the big if in the whole thing. But like you look around the rest of that roster, like the offensive line has been much better. Solders there for right. he's got a few years on his deal. They drafted Hernandez. They got good offensive linemen. They obviously have a generational running back. Ingram's good. Shepard's good. Barkley, I already said Barkley. He's amazing. Uh, they they have talent in the secondary. They drafted DeAndre Baker this year. Janoris Jenkins is not as great as he used to be, but still good. They need help in the front seven, like big time. And they right. got and that's the and they thing. Got it's Leonard the defense Williams. that yeah. they have to now rebuild. So this is not – I don't even think of the Leonard Williams move as a – they're not giving up on the season. I look at it as this is a young team that's trying to rebuild, and this becomes a cog in yeah. that rebuild. And, right? and yeah, they gave away a third and a fifth, but they, they've been getting a lot of picks for some of these moves they made. If I were the Giants, I would try to look at this year like the 2016 Eagles. They had a rookie quarterback. They got they struggled early, but they kept playing. They got better. They had a big win at the end of the year for momentum's sake. They go into 17 and win the Super Bowl. That's a great point. And I just if Daniel Jones is good, right. which we don't know if he is, but if he is, I don't think this team's very far away from being pretty scary. Yeah. Fortunately, they're not there right now, though, and that's right. what's important that's the to the Dallas Football Cowboys. Um, the next point I was making was just how different they are. I mean, than the week one. Usually, you see someone week one, week nine. There, you know, it's about the same, but not not so with with Daniel Jones. We talked about that some yesterday. Another storyline going out for them is just the fact that their receivers are getting healthy. We talked about that some yesterday. With if this will be the first time that Shepard and if he's cleared, he hasn't been cleared yet, but Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate out there together. Um, That'll be even better with um, with Daniel Jones, who likes to throw it down the field. And then I talked about Saquon Barkley. I looked up this stat. This is kind of interesting. Goes this goes back to in 25 years, 19 since 1994. There's only um, Saquon Barkley is the only player to ever rush for have two 50 yard rushers or more against the Cowboys. Mm. There's been seven or eight other guys, but he's the only guy to do it more than once. And he's done it in the last two games, actually. So, you know, his average of every time he's facing the Cowboys, he got 59 and a 68-yarder. So not too many guys have gone 50-yard rushes against the Cowboys. He's actually done it twice. So um, it's a good stat. You always got to watch him for sure. And he would have been longer if, if Cheeto wasn't running 25 miles an hour. And the thing that probably is or should be a little bit scary for the Cowboys this week is that when he was doing that in that last game, he had a really good game. Their passing game just wasn't doing very much. And now, like you said, the thing about Daniel Jones is it's kind of two different guys right now. Some games he shows up and plays really well because he limits the turnovers. Some games him playing well is derailed by the fact that he's turning it over. If he has one of those games where he doesn't turn it over, they could be a really good offense, and that could be a problem for the Cowboys. And well, you got the same oh. thing with the Cowboys and their team. They're kind of two different two different teams. Anytime they play somebody else, mm-hmm. you don't know which kind of Cowboys defense you're gonna get. So 
maybe that's something that balances out the game and makes it a harder one rather than you thinking that this is just going to be a quick, easy game for the Cowboys. Yeah, this yeah. will not be a quick, easy, well, as, I don't think, for the as Cowboys. As Bill Parcells used to always say, there's two sides of that pancake. So when when the, the Giants, I don't know, he used to have all these phrases, and we still use them. I'm just so enamored. I'm enamored by the idea of the Cowboys head coach saying a bunch of quirky, interesting things. Okay. Used to be the best part of my day every Monday. What's that like? Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday was listening to Bill Parcells in press conferences. It was so much fun. Go ahead. Sorry. My, my point was is that, yes, uh, he throws the ball down the field more, more than Eli Manning. What was the thing about Eli Manning that was always hard to do? Get him on the ground because he gets the ball out quick. So you don't throw the ball deep. You have to wait a little bit, a couple seconds more. Now they got Michael Bennett, you got Quinn, you got uh, D-Law. So if you're holding the ball just a little bit longer to get your guys down the field, that's also a situation where you can get more sacks, more than they used to. So, yeah, you might give up more big plays or have to watch that more. You also might get more sacks and turnovers because Maybe. of it. I, I thought about this after the show yesterday, which it's – and I don't know. I don't want to – I don't know Eli Manning's headspace. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that cares about stats more than anything else. But I think it's interesting. Like, Daniel Jones is like the classic rookie who doesn't know what he doesn't know. Where as Eli is this 15-year vet who's he's like, I got to get the ball out or I got to get down because I can't be taking sacks like this. And whether he's thinking about it or not, it's still a narrative that's like, well, he's he's 150 and 150. You know, like if he loses this game, then his his what's his legacy and like all that big heady stuff. Whereas Daniel Jones is like, this is my fifth start for a bad team. Like, let's just go out here and wing it around. Like, and and this is a bad team, so there's not much in the way of expectation on him, at least relative to other top ten picks. And I think that can work in the Cowboys' favor, or it can work against them because I think he he's just going to go out there and play ball. Like, he'll extend plays, he'll throw it downfield. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares if I throw four picks? Because we're two and six anyway, and we're mm-hmm. just trying to learn about this team. So, like I said, it can hurt the Cowboys if they don't play well, but. This could be another situation where they get three, four takeaways because I think this is a completely different animal at quarterback who's, like I said, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's not afraid to go out there and do stuff. That's also the challenge of this thing is that whenever this – it was what you were talking about before when you said that the Giants aren't that far off. Whenever this thing starts to click, and what I mean by that is whenever he gets to the point where he realizes what he can do and when is the time to do it, when is the time to take that chance versus not – like, that's when this offense can then really start to take off. Because, again, I think they got weapons, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is their issue, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. But their offense has weapons, and whenever the quarterback figures out how to be able to go downfield but do it at the time when you can actually afford to wait a little bit longer and the rest of the time dump it off to that guy that's underneath that can get you five, six, seven yards and not take the sack, that's when this becomes very, very dangerous yeah. offense. And I think I agree with you. I don't think they're very far from that. You know, um, we talked about Parcells. Do you remember the game in part 2003? I don't know what you guys were doing in 2003. I was but in seventh grade. Awesome. But, uh, Working for the Cowboys. Yeah. But <laughs> Bill Parcells' first game on the road, it was at the Giants. It was a Monday night game, and they made seven field goals and came back and won. It was a, it was a pretty crazy game. His first win with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the last time they faced the Giants up there without Eli as the starter. It just goes really? to show, yes, Jeez. because and he did start the end of the 04 season, and he started every game, and yeah. even though he was benched in 17 or 16. 18 se- last year, right? Benched or what? No, it was, it was uh, what's-his-name's last year. I don't even, uh, McAdoo. Yeah. So it was Davis 17. Webb or somebody. Somebody started, but wow. then he came back in and started the next week. That is forever week. ago. So when he, you say it like that, he's yeah. old. Really yeah. old. 
Jeez. Yeah, and and you know you can say what you want about him and the faces he makes and all that. He, he gets up and plays. I mean, he he's been. I mean, he's for a guy that's not very elusive. He's found a way to not take big hits, and you know he's 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 the backup now. But it's just it's this will be the first time they've gone up there and shoot 16 years and not faced him. That's wild. All right, we're going to take our first break. Come back. We'll get Dave to talk to us about this New York Giant defense breakdown, what players are there, and how they could possibly be problems for the Cowboys. With that, when we come back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. Place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break welcome back second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star dave let's talk about this giants defense we talked about the offense yesterday and we've already at the earlier parts of this show talked about uh how much this this offense is kind of starting to take shape and you're seeing the growth talk about the defense though because that was an area where they also lost some players last year they let they traded some players away where are they right now as a defense well they did add Leonard Williams, and that's, I mean, he's a top five talent that's worth considering. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, I'm so used to, like, even, it's so weird how, and I bet Nick can relate to this, like, these things just imprint themselves in your mind. Like, the Giants play 4-3 and have badass defensive ends. Like, that hasn't been the case in a long time, but that's still how that's I what think. what you think. Yeah. Like, so they trade for Leonard Williams, and I'm like, well, is he going to play three tech or end in this defense and then i was like the giants play three four idiot like he'll probably play the exact same spot yeah so i'm interested to see how that goes um they're they're not very good statistically they're 28th in the league 387 387 yards per game they're worse against the pass than the run but i would argue like the talent is all actually in their secondary and i think their big problem is just their front seven 
is not it's not good enough. They're they're talent devoid there. Um, they do they have Dalvin Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence. They spent their other first round pick aside from Daniel Jones on him. It's a, you know three four lineman out of mm-hmm. Clemson. So honestly, good player in college. I, well, it's all sort of it's kind of the pieces are kind of moving into place. Like you've got Dexter Lawrence. Leonard Williams will be on the other side. If you can re-sign him, that's a hell of a bookend. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is, I don't know if he's Snacks Harrison, but he's a pretty solid nose tackle. So all of a sudden that looks nice. These linebackers, though. To get the pressure in the 3-4, that's where it matters. It's a problem. And, I mean, it was a problem for them in week one. They could not do anything with with the Cowboys' offensive line, and Dak ate them alive. What, he hit 400 yards? You know, we thought he was going to break all of the you know he throw for 5,000 yards off the strength of that first game um <laughs> and, and 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 it's not any different like they haven't really changed the personnel there they have Marcus Golden Lorenzo Carter uh as the rush linebackers Alec Ogletree and Dion Buchanan which Dion Buchanan's a former safety tweener guy that they got playing inside linebacker in a 3-4 um so that's you know like the stats will tell you that the secondary is terrible I would argue they their front seven just does the no favors because I mean Janoris Jenkins, DeAndre Baker, another first round pick, Jabril Peppers, Antoine Bethea, who's getting older but has had a nice career, like that that seems fine to me. Like I don't I don't dislike that at all. But they're not generating any pressure. Um, last last time around, um, Tyron Smith and, and Lyle Collins ate Golden and Carter alive. And, like, I expect it to happen again. I just don't think they're those guys. And that's where all my focus is. I'm just like, if if the Giants are getting a ton of pressure on Dak in this game, something's up because I just don't think I see it. Unless Leonard Williams is all of a sudden that amazing in a position that doesn't traditionally provide that much pressure anyway. Thinking about the uh, the run defense and going back to the first game, obviously that was Dak. I mean, that was uh, Zeke just coming off of being away from the team and probably wasn't his best self. Certainly, I think this last game you probably saw a different side of Zeke than we've seen all season. How do you think that matches up relative to how they stop the run? It's a good question. I mean, yeah, he they he he was on a snap count in that game. Tony Pollard is the guy they leaned on in the fourth quarter when the game was kind of out of hand. Um. Again, I I just I think this is a super favorable matchup all up front, and like I just said, like the front is looks talented on paper for the Giants. I just don't think it's all there. I don't think the linebackers are up to to that task. If you watch them on tape, you see you know Golden and Golden and Carter were running themselves out of the play against the, the Lions tackles all last week, and I just I like that matchup a lot. Yeah. And if you looked at what happened in that first game, I mean, they did try. I mean, they didn't care if Zeke was at training camp or not. I mean, they they basically were trying to sell out for that. I don't think he had a huge game stat wise, and he didn't have a lot of snaps, like you said. But the middle was wide open. That's where you saw Blake Jarwin wide open for a touchdown. Randall Cobb on a similar play. So you know they did what they were supposed to do to try to stop the run, and it didn't it didn't help that game that those guys were making big plays. Gallup had a few as well down the field. That was back when we thought they were going to play action fake on every snap this season. And so much movement. Hopefully they'll get back to it this week. Yeah, Zeke had 13 carries for 50 and a touchdown. I mean, Jarwin is going back to the – I mean, every time Jarwin goes there, he scored scored four touchdowns in his – no, five in his career because he had one last game, right? 
Eagles. Yes. Yeah. That was his first touchdown ever against anyone not the Giants. So mm. he's had three up there, and then here's the fourth one. There's matchups to exploit there. Like I, I mean, I think the Giants know that they got to be all hands on deck to stop the run. They they don't look. They're not super disciplined. They weren't in the first matchup. I think you can take advantage of that. Like I said, the I like the secondary, but. Uh, Matt Stafford had all day to throw last week. He completed 25 of 32 passes for 78 mm. yards. I'm mean, 78 Whoa. yards. 78 percent of oh. his passes okay, for yeah. 300 yards. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was one not one 70, yard pass. That, I, just... I mean, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> it would be. Um, the reason you got a high percentage, but I mean, there you can take advantage of that. Like DeAndre Baker's talented. He's not all the way there yet. That he looked lost, but I still think part of that is because. There's nobody pressuring the quarterback. The one sack that the uh, Giants got on Stafford that really stood out was they played really great coverage, and he had nowhere to go with the ball. Typical coverage stack. But I don't see them getting to Dak on a regular enough basis to offset that weakness. So, so let's assume for a second that this defense is able to have some success against the Cowboys' offense. Paint the scenario of how that would have to happen. They load up to stop the run, which, and okay, to Nick's point, like they weren't great against the run in week one. I mean, they weren't great running the ball in week one. So they do that. And then I, I like their pass rush is just going to have to be better. Like, because if Dak has time to throw or if the play action really asserts itself, I just don't see the secondary holding up again, not because they're not good, but nobody can cover for that amount of time. They're going to have to blitz and they're going to have to blitz and hope that, you know, Jenkins or whoever is covering Cooper, you know, wins a lot of those battles and, you know, and, and forces some bad throws and some deflections. And, you know, you get a you get a holding penalty here and there and it changes everything. You know, you could be first and 10 at the 35-yard line, but you get a holding and now it's first and 20 at the 25, changes everything, changes field position. And so Cowboys have to just stay, you know, ahead of the chains and not get in those long situations where then they'll have to punt and, create more confidence for the Giants defense but I guess I could say this is um like I'm just I'm not worried about Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith like they're like I just think they're gonna win that matchup with ease or at least as easy as you can in the NFL but you know if you got you have Dexter Lawrence and now all of a sudden you have Leonard Williams you can't just say well you know Travis help Connor because that you know Zach doesn't need the help now you need you have two guys who theoretically could really give the interior of your line problems throw in some blitzing maybe on top of that I could see that I'm still I lean toward the Cowboys in that matchup but if Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence can make some hay against the interior of the line then that could be troublesome yep how do we feel right now about or what are we hearing right now about the health of the two tackles obviously they both played the last game they've had some time off now with the bye are they back to close to, to 100% health or is it a situation where they're going to have to battle this for They're a few not going to be 100% for the rest get of the it, year. Get it, but I'm just saying, like, those injuries, the, specifically the injuries. And I know guys have nicks and bruises, and they're going to have that. But just the injuries and, and them coming back, I, I, I would guess I would guess both of them probably pushed themselves to come back maybe a little bit early even just to make because they saw how important that Philadelphia game was. But all that being said, what are we hearing about their injury status at this point as far as those injuries are concerned? Well, they're both out there. Tyron got some rehab work before practice, but like they're both in uniform and practicing. Always a good sign. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Tyron got hurt on September 29th and it's October 31st. So they're saying, you know, it's not a true high ankle sprain. So like that's right in line with 
especially with a week off. Like that's right, right in line with how when you should be feeling better. Same thing if it's a you know a mild MCL sprain for Lyle. He got hurt on October 5th, mm-hmm. so you're talking three, four weeks. Like, again, yeah, nobody's truly healthy, but, like, they should right. be right about as good as you could expect them to be. But if they aren't and they somebody gets hurt or maybe they get hurt in the game, they're going to have to go down to the fourth tackle because it, it sounds like Cam Fleming Cam's won't out. play. Cam's out this week. So, Brennan Knight. And Jason Garrett was was asked about this. Is he the backup to both sides? And he said, we'll see. So I I think Hmm. he's going to try to play left and right tackle. But I I would think he might be better suited on the right side. So if something were to happen with the Tyron, I don't know. I mean, it could be they could do a lot of shuffling. Connor probably jumps out. Zach Martin. I I don't know. I know, like, Zach Martin is definitely their, like, break glass Absolutely, in case of an emergency. I don't know if they would try Connor or Zach first. I mean, Connor's done it. Is it bad that, like, Connor's done it more, but, like, I totally, I would be like, Zach, get out there. Let's he's see what you can do. He's done it sooner. Like, That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More recent. Yeah, yeah. well, because he's more fresh out of college. Like, Zach hasn't played tackle since the 2013 college football season. So, it's well, been a long time. You probably also look at it from a standpoint of Zach. Zach, Zach is really, really good at guard. Connor has his moments, right? So if you're going to – you don't want to take away from what's really, really good and put him out of tackle where he may be a little less because he's not used to it versus moving Connor where you still may be a little bit kind of shaky at times, right? I I don't know. Like that's – I mean, which, which player do you have more confidence in to like do the job that they're not ready for, I guess? I, would, I think I would just go with Brandon Knight. Yeah. Just put him over or either side. He didn't do horrible when he got to play. He really no, he's really played well. And they helped him they helped him a pretty good amount of time. But I think that's what you're gonna have to do either way if he's gonna in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Part of me just I just wanna see how Zach Martin would play at tackle. Like just for my I actually I asked him about that a few weeks ago. I was like, is there any part of you that just wants to know how you would do a tackle just like because you're a competitor and he was like not really <laughs> and i was like good i was so disappointed i was like really because like i'm dying to know i just want to see but <laughs> you seem like you're all world at everything yeah, so i'd exactly. love just to see if you can translate it over to tackle all right we'll take our final break we'll come back let's get some questions you guys give us a call 888-855-2297 is our number again 888-855-2297 or you can hit me on twitter at Derek eagleton we'll be right back this is the break your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. 
A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, what you got for us? Well, I have a watch party. It's watch coming, party. Yep, it's coming up uh, November twenty fourth. At what do you the, do at a watch party? You watch the Cowboys play the New England Patriots, and you watch them win. And it'll be a very festive Woo. game day atmosphere at the Tostitos Championship Plaza at the Star in Frisco. So the Cowboys will take on the New England Patriots. They will not be undefeated then, but. Mm. They, We're just throwing out a whole bunch of predictions here, aren't we? I feel like everybody's kind of in the same boat there. Not everybody. What do you mean by that? Well, we talked to we were on the show, Happy Hour Show. Darren oh, Wilson thinks the, that the Cowboys will win. I think Broadus thinks the Cowboys will win. It's just like a Cowboys thing against to do. the Patriots. Yeah. Now, oh, what oh, against the Pats. I was like, I'm like, yeah, I think. Well, everybody thinks that they're going to get. Well, that's. I'm, I say in everybody, my head, I'm like, yeah, I guess that. I think they're going to beat the Giants. Um, I'm not. I, not there. Spoiler yeah, not alert. There Anyways, I, I'm with you, Dave. I'm no. not there yet. But it'll be a fun place to gather with your Cowboys friends on November 24th. Go out there, bundle up, watch it out there at the Star. It'll be outside. I, Parking is free. Admission is free. And then you can go all the cool restaurants that are around there at the uh, Star District. I do think it will be an entertaining and a close game. I don't know if I'm there yet. Quite rather, well, I'm ready to say the Cowboys. I, I want to see how they play against three not as good teams before I pick them to beat statistically the best defense in the history of the league. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> not to mention the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, in a building where they never lose. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. all of that. Just seems like it's a little daunting, but yeah. I do think that the, this is the kind of year I think the Cowboys would give them a run. I think they'd play they play them close because they would get up for that game That's, in a way that they don't here, necessarily. Get all up for the Cowboys do is play stressful games. Like You're right. the fact so. the true. fact that That's they true. played three unstressful games to start the season is like the biggest upset right. of all time. I'm 95 percent there that I think the Cowboys will win that game. If if they go and lose to the Lions the week before, 100% there. Because that's what they'll do. Now, if they go and blow out the Lions in Detroit, mm. they're just rolling. Like if they, if all three they of these games, the, they, they just the like, Lions. They just run through all three nah, of these teams. God. and I don't like it. Yeah, Belichick's like, with, oh, they can play. Garrett's got them <laughs> playing well. Watch this. But if they, mm. they beat yeah. they beat the Vikings and then just roll over Detroit. Yeah, that, I'm not that, feeling good that about that. New 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 <laughs> Don't like that at all. All right, let's go ahead and jump back in. We got some calls coming in. You guys call us 888-855-2297 or hit us on Twitter at Derek Eagleton. Let's take a call from Travis in Michigan. Travis, what up? Trav. How's it going? How you doing? Great. What's up? Doing good. Um, glad to get in. I tried to get in yesterday with uh, talking Cowboys with Mickey because uh, Mickey was speaking on the Adams trade and all that, and he brought up a point that kind of had an epiphany for me. He brought up a point and said, 
him and Baradas were going back and forth, which they always do, um, which is always good. But he said something like, he said something like Woodson, you know, if he, is he Woodson? Is he Woodson? Because I'll give up a first-round pick if he's Woodson. And I thought to myself, is the organization and, you know, the team itself, are we holding ourselves back by thinking, I'm only going to give up a first-round pick if the guy's Woodson. Like, I know Woodson's stature in, you know, within the organization and the team, and he was awesome, he's great. But I feel like we're holding this standard to Woodson and saying, like, if he's not Woodson, I'm not making a deal for him. And I understand the price was high, but I'm kind of with Nick where I'm a draft nerd. I'm, I totally get it. You want to build to the draft. You want to give up assets 100%. But at a certain point, the house is built. So if you're, if you're there, make a move to be there. Jerry's talked about it before. He wants to win now. To me, it doesn't seem like a win-now move. And on top of that, you're kind of telling me that you don't think this team's one player away if you're trying to go get Adams. So, like, which is it? Either we're there and we're all in, or you don't think we can compete with the Niners and the other teams, which I kind of don't think either. I think this was the move that they needed to make, and that's just my frustration as a fan. So so are you saying that you were willing to, um, in this instance, again, if we're going according to reports, you would be willing to give up a first and two seconds to secure Adams because you think that gets you over the top and you're not concerned about what that means for the future? I'm not, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Derek, because I know you and um, David brought up the fact that, well, you've got to have holes in the offseason. What if you lose a left tackle? What if you've got to replace this? The simple fact is right now you have a left tackle. You have a right tackle. Yeah, you but have next, year, next, year you will not have, next year you will not have that defensive end. Next year you will have to probably replenish your defensive tackle. Next year you may have to re- replace your, your cornerback. So those are, will, those are things that are, that are real, and they're going to be here next offseason. The Rams will, too. What does that yeah. have to do with anything? I don't understand. The Ram- the Rams went all in. They made a trade for Jalen Ramsey. Okay, and that's again. I don't I, I don't follow the Rams. I don't talk no. about the Rams. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how that fits into their long term plans and what else they got to do this off season. Uh, and, and I my, get you. And, and again, I'm not against what you're saying. I really am. I'm not. I'm just trying to be clear on on making sure that that I understand you when you say you want to do it. That you're saying I'm good and going all in. First two seconds for the purposes of securing this player. Yeah, and okay, let me good. just say one more thing. One more thing real quick. I feel like it, way back in the day we talked about, and I'm not, I don't support this either, we used to build through free agency. We bought, we bought, we bought, we spent, we spent, we spent. I feel like now we've gone, I'm totally, again, I'm totally with it. We've built to the draft. We've built a really good team. It's there, but you're building, building, building. At some point, you've got to win. you got to win now. Like, that's my thing. And I know they've gone 100% more towards the draft strategy since – Steven's kind of taking over a little bit more, and Will McClay's in there. I get that, but, like, there's got to be a healthy balance of, like, yeah, you could lose some guys next year. Well, plug them in. But I trust the scouting staff. Plug them in with three agents, a few of them. Not high-priced guys, but you can you can work it, massage the cap. You can work it that they can fill spots, I believe, and move one year all in. And then if you have a down year, but you make it to the championship game, is anyone going to care? If they go six and ten, they win the Super Bowl this year. Do you care? Mm-hmm. Well, I think. I mean, the fact and thanks for the call. I love the call. I think. I think uh, Travis brought up a lot of concerns that a lot of fans have, and yeah. like 
it's you know, I'm not trying to ride the fence. Like, I really feel both ways about it. And honestly, I think it's kind of funny that Mickey compared Jamal Adams to uh, Woody because, like, he is Woody. He is like, Woody. he's that good. Sorry, Mick. He's much younger. Yeah. I think that's a cop out, honestly, is just a way of saying. But, but I don't know what the answer was. Is he Woodson? Then the answer is yes. He like is. he's a yeah. he is a Swiss Army knife. He's not. He's probably not going to get you eight picks in a season. But neither did Woody. Like he can play all over the freaking field. He can. He's ferocious against the run. His instincts are off the charts. I, nobody ever asks him to play in the slot, but I bet he could in a pinch. Um, so he is Woodson. But so like if clear. that's the case, they should have done it. This whole thing is not about the evaluation of the player. I think everybody no. was on the same page. It's just the price. Um, that that this yeah is the price. This was all about the price. Are you willing to give up a one? I think the Cowboys probably would have yeah. been all in on that. Are you willing to give up a one and two twos? I think the Jets. That's that sounds like that was their asking price, it's, and that doesn't seem like that's. I heard I heard Mike Fisher on that same show last night make that point, and it's really a great point because if you think about it, the Jets are saying three guys, the Cowboys are saying one. If, that ain't even close. Yeah, if, if the reports are true, yeah, if you that believe even, that, that's not and even I, close. I don't right? know. That's one report. We've heard other reports, so it's hard It's hard to balance it, it all is. out. I don't think I would have taken two twos. But my point is about the, the, the second. the Cowboys love those twos. Yeah, but they haven't <laughs> been very good. Like, I don't that's, think that's a fair statement. Let I, me, I think you can say that, that it's been that it's been up and down. I don't think you can say it hasn't, been, it hasn't been that good. I don't good. think it has been for what you're talking okay. about. I mean, I, don't give me DeMarcus Lawrence. Because DeMarcus, Why not? Because he's the 34th pick in the draft. That is a very high second. If you look at where these picks will be, 50 or more. I went and looked this up. Okay. Give me every every second-round pick in the history of the Cowboys, 50 to well, 68. We're not talking about those. We're talking about the ones that yeah. McClay yes, and Steven no, and Jerry have made. He's making a really good point, in all honesty, yeah, I no, think. But I'm saying, uh, let's not say that in history, because the, the, okay. the same people weren't making those in picks. The McClay, okay. Give in the, the McClay, McClay yeah, era, yeah, when they've yeah. drafted at the back end of the second, they got Gregory, it, they got... Been, um, they've had one I pro mean, bowler. Cheeto's pretty good. One but, yeah. pro bowler, it's Sean Lee, who was picked 50. But I'm just saying, because if you get Jamal Adams, this team's going to be picking 25th or so, and then 55. So you're picking in the 50s. The the track record says that it hasn't been very good to take that. So I don't think you have to give up two twos. I think you have to give up one two. If I'm giving up one two in the next year's draft, and I haven't been picking very well in the 50s, I'll take my chances. You know, and, I, mean, and, and I, I get the demarcus. I will tell you this: they had to trade up to get him at 34. I will tell you this: 30. if if the the offer was really down to a first and a second. Maybe I go with you, you there. Yeah. Maybe I go with you there, especially if they're split over two years. So this year I don't get a one. Next year I don't get a two. Maybe I'm there. But if the reports are true, there was one and two twos. I'm not. I, yeah. That's just too much for me. Yeah. Knowing gonna, that I got it, my the draft becomes my lifeblood when I've got all these high priced guys that are my frontline guys. I need right. the draft in order to replenish. And I'm going to try to use Travis's analogy. He said the house is already built. He's right. But I'm trying to imagine. I've never built a house, but I'm imagining <laughs> like you're in the finishing process, like the final steps of this. And it's like, well, do you want the badass covered back porch with the fire pit and the flat screen TV? And then your budget is just completely wiped. So you got no money when something breaks, or do you just want the concrete slab with some patio chairs? And then when you start to have problems, you got some money left over. Cause that's the choice you're dealing with here. And honestly, as much as I, I would love to have Jamal Adams, but I get why they're doing it. Cause you need those picks. Yeah. And, 
Again, the point Travis brought up, yes, the Rams are clearly going all in. They have not won a Super Bowl yet. They played like crap and lost it last year. And if they don't do it this year, they're probably in deep crap. Because all of a sudden you're asking Jared Goff and Aaron Donald to carry a team that has no high picks and is saddled with huge contracts everywhere else. And I'm assuming that means they're probably a little bit older. Like the the average age of their team. They become Seattle. And I I could be wrong, but I don't think Jared Goff is Russell Wilson. I don't think he is. And so I'm with you on that one. No, but you're saying you have to carry it because they went all in and they won. Right. And then they kind of. And then they figured, you know, everyone else signed. If the Rams win the Super Bowl this year, then it will have been worth it. And if they don't, I think they're in a heap of trouble. And for anybody that's going to come at me and say, like, well, it's been 25 years since we've even been to a conference championship game. Like, don't kid yourself that you'll be okay with that. Like, if you're going to push your chips in and they lose the NFC title game or lose the Super Bowl, you're not going to feel good about that. You're going to be miserable. And then the the narrative will be... How many years since you've won the Super Bowl? Right, or been yeah. there. I mean, and by the way, you've just mortgaged your future, so now it's about to be downhill. It's not like you're going to keep that window open for, so for a long well, period of time. I, like, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm the one that would say go all in because you've had all these years where the Cowboys have had successful draft and they do have a lot of talent, but where has that gotten you so far? Mm-hmm. N- not yeah. w- nowhere, really. So it's like okay, this is the year, and every year the team changes. Next year. You're not going to have the same team that you have right now. You're going to lose some talent because of the money and all that. So if this is the year to do it, we're here now. It's this present. Not worry about the future. The future will come. You get some other – we don't know what's going to happen with the coaching, but let's say, okay, Jason Garrett time is up, and then you get somebody else who can actually – get some things out of these talented players and the guys that you do have on the roster. So at, at one point, it's like enough is enough, and you are ready to put all it, all your chips in. And I think that this is the one time where fans truly feel that this is the time because of the player talent. Yeah. I don't think they feel the same way for Jason Garrett, but because of the talent that's being put out on the field, I think this is – where fans get frustrated and they think, okay, this is the year to actually get it done. And I agree. I think most people probably are just really disappointed because this was the opportunity to take your team over. Like you would have felt like going into this last half of the season, you would feel like you had talent on this defense to be the best defense in the league. And that says a lot because there's some good defenses in this league. But you would have felt like that talent acquired with Michael Bennett, with what you already had here, you would have felt great about mm-hmm. that. And that's why I think there's so much disappointment from fans is just because they saw it there. It was right, seemed like it was right there in, in reach. And and then all of a sudden it's yeah. not there. And, let's and, go, sorry, let's go even more macro though. Like I hadn't even really considered this, but there are people making those decisions that are probably in some part of their brain thinking, we might have to reshape this team for a new coach in the coming, in the near or mm. distant future. And That's not a whole new show, Dave. Not having first and second <laughs> round picks is not right. a great way to start a new regime. Just true. literally, that just that popped in my mind. Yeah. That is true. It's, it's, sorry, I keep cutting you off, okay. Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying what the, another point that guy made was you know, you, you always have. Everyone's got that that rich friend that just has a lot of money and they don't ever spend anything. Like they don't ever. <laughs> He's like, I know you're not pointing yeah. at me. Yeah, they, they, they save it. They save it, and they're like, you know, and I'm like, when are you going to spend? I mean, what, I get it. You're saving them for whatever, but at some point, spend the damn money. And it's like, Have, live a life. Let's just the, tri- the you know, moving it back, moving it back. At some point, 
you know what? You've got two aces, and there's an ace on there. You gotta just go all in at some yeah. point. And I think I would have done it. That would have been the moment for you. I think so. Yeah. I, I, there's no way to not. I, I'm riding the fence, and I'm sorry. Like I think I would have done it too, but I know it's their responsibility to keep this team competitive for three, four, or five years from now. And like I said, I'm a little bit disappointed, but I don't. I'm not just seething mad that they didn't do this deal. Right. I'm just not. Right. I could I could probably be convinced both ways, and I I do see the value. That's the part. That's the part that trips you up is you see the value and you see the potential, but I also see the the part where you could be looking here a year or two down the road, and you're like, man, that was not a great decision. Because I do think last year in the draft, they had an opportunity to get what would have been the best safety in the draft or the second best safety in the draft um, in the second round. Like, there's still opportunities where they could get talented safeties. They just haven't addressed it like that, you know? And and so if you really think you got to upgrade your safety position, why not use that second-round pick and go get yourself a freaking safety? It is funny that they'd be willing to do a major deal to get a safety but not just pick one at 58. Right. I, yeah. Which, I, I mean, Jamal Adams is, is a different Absolutely. animal than Absolutely. Juan Thornhill. But, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to wrap this thing up, let you guys know what's going to happen this This is weekend. the second time you get hyped up about a safety. That's annoying. That was you got annoying. Errol Thomas actually, and then no, this actually, guy. There's, the a question, there's a question tease, that a fan had AG. yesterday about, I mean, today about that, and I'm actually going to bring it up tomorrow because I thought it was a good question about these back-to-back times that really we've been talking significantly yeah. about safeties around the league and what that means for what the Cowboys really think about their safety position. But we'll talk about that. Shouts tomorrow. out to Travis. That was a good little, <laughs> little good little dialogue. Nice way to end the show. Yeah. For Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?